Welcome back, folks, to the Character Corner Podcast. This is your host, Chris and Deep. I'm here, and we are here to do what we always do in these shows. We're here to talk about some of our favorite comic book characters and give us background history on them. And uh, we have... Uh, do, I don't even know if we have... We, we didn't look for uh, reviews. I know we've had a lot of people coming and coming in. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're going to take a real quick look at uh, iTunes reviews real quick. Um, but I want to thank everybody who's a new listener. I, I know we've been getting some people on, on Twitter and, and Facebook and telling us, hey, they love the show. That listen, listen, we really appreciate everyone who likes doing these shows. I listen to these shows because um, we love doing these shows. Like, if sure. everything else happens, like, if some like, with me and Deep, I'm probably still be doing character corner shows because I love doing this shit. One, I just love reading the history of some of these characters. And it's, it's just always interesting having these discussions with you. And it just so happens that I just, it's amazing to me that you all love hearing the two of us go back and forth with this and, and, and discuss these things. Like, honestly, if nobody was listening, we'd still probably do this. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but it's, it's honestly very true. It's just been fun. Um, so, so for this episode, uh, oh, did you check to see? I, I think we had. We have two new reviews. Right, go now? Wanna, yeah, let's go ahead and re- we're going to read these uh, reviews. Again, if you leave us a five-star review on iTunes, we will read them on uh, the next episode. So, uh, Deepom, go ahead and read our review. They've got to be five stars or I won't read them. Um, first one is from actually uh, Valentine's Day. Joe LG says, I just, it says, perfect. I just love this show. The breakdown of the characters is expert level. The enthusiasm is contagious. The hosts are funny and super knowledgeable. Keep up the greatness. Thank you very much for leaving the review. And this one is from DR5S3, the Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel. Uh, I assume the rest of his character corners, they're, they're cut off. This is long, so sorry. Hey guys, love the deep dive into the character history of Captain Marvel before the movie. I had no idea how fascinating the story was. It really made the movie so much better, wondering what story they were going to tell. I also have to complain that you cost me some money when buying comics on Carol and Monica. Shout out to the movie reviews and the Palms rewatching of the movies. The content means a lot with our work late shifts, and it really keeps me up doing my job and getting me home appreciated. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the review. And uh, thank you for uh, re- thank you for, uh, for for the kind words, man. That's really and like Chris said, we were doing this if we didn't get any feedback at all because we just love talking about this shit. But it's really nice to open the page and have that uh, sitting there waiting on us. Yeah, no, it's it, it means a lot. Like I said, it means a lot because we just do these because again, we love doing them, and so to hear that people are listening to them and, and really like really enjoy it just makes us want to do them even more. So, um, so we have a special one for you today. Um, this is gonna be the first of a two and a half parter, I guess. Um, we're doing we're doing Tony Stark and Iron Man, and I say it's two and a half parts because I started started doing the first part of the research for this. Um, I think we're going up to. I'm gonna tell you the the end first. We're gonna get up to uh, volume two of Iron Man, which I think is right is the heroes. Is it heroes are reborn? Like slash. I refuse. To, yeah, it's we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna address it. We're not really gonna go into it because it's it's ridiculous. Oh, the fuck we well, aren't. Well, I'm going to have like I don't know how much uh, how much anger is left in me for it's been a very long day, but if I've got some, you'll hear about it. So we're gonna get to that. If you like the Miracle Man like ranty we had with this, you're gonna enjoy that. No, that's um, not that. I I I, I, that I'm, I'm, I I think when I say enjoy, it, I mean people hearing you rant about things that are ridiculous. But anyway, I don't want to don't want to give away the ending because we won't be able to list the whole thing. Uh, and then from there, we're the second part will be us going into more of the modern stuff. We're we'll definitely get the uh, uh, the fraction run and things like that. And, you know, civil war things, the extremist army. We're getting into all that stuff. The half episode, and this is something that I was uh, going through. This is something that we're going to start doing with some of these things when we just want to kind of 
we want to delve into something a little bit that's related to the character, but it maybe it takes an entire episode. So we're going to do like 30 minutes and we're going to go through the Iron Man armors because that itself needs to have its own little discussion here because there's so many of them. So we might gloss over some of the armors. We're going to mention some of them. We'll go into more detail with them into that little mini episode that will probably be recorded after Endgame comes out and we'll talk about that kind of stuff there. So Can I, can I be really real with you? Yeah. Even more than Hawkman, I think I'm looking forward to this one the least because it makes me more nervous about Tony and Endgame. <laughs> and I don't want your theories and don't send me why you think he's safe or why you think he's bad. I don't give a shit what you think. We'll all see it same time later this month. I'm just saying that to say this. This reread really kind of crystallizes, particularly, I guess, the second half of the, of the podcast, we'll do it more, but it kind of crystallizes what a unique and weird character that Tony Stark is for the Marvel Universe. Yeah, it's, it's been interesting to me. So we're doing Anthony Edward Stark, Tony Stark, a.k.a. Iron Man, created by Stan, Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, Don Heck, and Jack Kirby in March 1963. Um, he's such an interesting character to me because, like, he's not the smartest character, still pretty smart, not the richest, yeah. still pretty rich. Um, but I, I put it this way: no, he's the volume shooter of 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 the Marvel universe for me. Like, you're not gonna out outmatch his output because Tony's a guy that, like. You give Reed a you give Reed uh, Reed Richards a problem, he'll he'll solve that problem. He'll, he'll solve a couple other ones, but he gets really focused on that one issue. Tony gets really really focused on one issue, but he's also at the same time really focused on other issues. And this becomes more apparent when we do the second part of this podcast. You're like, oh, wait, Hickman why? Got him. If there's one guy who wrote the fuck out of this guy, it's Jonathan Hickman. Like it's like, wait, why is Tony? Tony's doing. Tony's in the Illuminati. Tony's also doing the Avengers machine. He's also doing this. He's also doing. He's actually doing the philanthropy. Philanthropy stuff that we talk about Batman and Bruce Wayne doing all the time. I'm like, he's doing it all. He's actually doing it all well too. How the fuck? And is he's he... building more weapons to destroy planets. Right, right. It's like, when does he have the time? It's like that is that is Tony Stark. He he creates all this stuff. Like it's he's the guy you give like Reed Richards is the guy you give one impossible problem to. Solve the impossible, and Reed is going to solve. Tony's the guy you say, listen, here's a semi-impossible problem that I need you to solve, but I also need you to solve these other 10 other problems. Well, not even that. He'll then solve the 10 other problems that you, didn't even, you weren't even aware you were going to have. You're like, the problems that came from the problem you asked him to solve. Like, right. Well, that's we, because of this, 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 this. Right, right. And I think it's interesting. So I've been doing, as mentioned in the review, the Between Two Palms rewatch of the entire MCU. It's all in the UD pod feed. There's an interview with Stan Lee in the two-dick version of Iron Man. Did you get to catch it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So the quote is, I think I gave myself a dare. Like, this is why Iron Man, to me, as we go back and look at it, especially the timing. Remember, this is March 63 when they introduced Iron Man. Stan Lee said, I think I gave myself a dare. It was the height of the Cold War. The readers, the young readers, if there was one thing they hated, it was war. It was the military. So I got a hero who represented that to 100th degree. He was a weapons manufacturer, providing weapons to the army. He was rich. He was industrious. I thought it would be fun to take the kind of character nobody would like, none of our readers would like, and shove him down their throats and make them like him. And he became very popular. Jerry Conway, in the same interview, says, here you have this character who is on the outside and vulnerable. I mean, just can't be touched. But inside is this wounded figure. Stan made it very much an in-your-face when you know his heart was broken, literally broken. There's a metaphor going on there, and I think that's what made the character interesting. 
He was an inventor, an uh, adventurer, a multi-billionaire, a ladies' man, and last of all, least, he was a nutcase. And it's so interesting to me to think about the time Tony Stark came to be. Like, before we get into all the character stuff and the character bits, the development of this mm-hmm. character yeah. in that atmosphere with that with the audience, you know you're right. This isn't one like, oh, Marvel's being toned up. Marvel, like, Stanley's like, watch, watch this fucking trick. They created him during the Vietnam War. He started off being an anti-communist, and then as the 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 public's viewpoints on the Vietnam War stuff changed, they this but this goes back to what we were saying before about uh, when we did our history of comics thing with Marvel. Marvel adapts to the world outside your window, and right. so as the public's viewpoints on war and on com- you know, on, on these things change, so did the evolution of Tony Stark change, and. It's such an interesting thing to me because as I'm, I'm looking at Tony, right? And when you compare him to you look over at DC and you have another billionaire, uh, you know, billionaire playboy who becomes a hero and, and Batman. The difference between the two characters, and, not, and take the popularity aside, when I was going through all these things and reading all these issues of Iron Man, and we're going to pull heavily just from his solo titles here. We're, we're getting some of the Avengers stuff, but like there's a lot of good stuff in his solo titles here. It goes back to something you're always bringing up whenever we talk about Batman. And it's the fact that for the longest time, and again, this has started to change more, but it's still kind of on this. You know, Bruce Wayne never really mattered. You know, it's always Bruce Wayne. When you get into Tony Stark, and as we, we'll we'll get into this more when we talk about the issues and get into this, for the longest time, and a matter of fact, throughout this entire podcast, you have to take one thing you have to understand about this, about Tony Stark and Iron Man here. The public thought those were two separate people. Iron Man was Iron Man was the bodyguard of Tony Stark. And the reason why Don't that matters it. is what you find is when you go when we go start going to this stuff, you'll find a lot of these enemies and a lot of these storylines, Iron Man is technically he's caught up in this. Like people are going after Iron Man because they're trying to get the Tony Stark and they gotta take out Iron Man first to get the Tony Stark. There are so many of these stories that are literally about somebody trying to take Stark uh, Stark and uh Stark International or Stark Enterprises or whatever Stark's fortune is from him, and they're like, ah, oh, but he's got that bodyguard, uh, Iron Man. We gotta get Iron Man out of the way so we can get to Tony Stark. Or they don't even care about the they don't even care about Iron Man. They're like, we're just gonna kidnap Tony Stark. And they, they do not like it's it's the complete inverse of Batman, right? You never see somebody going after Batman as like, we gotta go and get Bruce Wayne. But we gotta take care of Batman because Batman's his bodyguard. None of that. And so what you get is so much of the character development for Iron Man is Tony Stark character development. So when you get to obvious things like, you know, his alcoholism, you know, his womanizing, which is honestly, that's a, that's a, a James Bond type quality he has to him, but it becomes a real fucking problem for him. Like all these things happen. You get these moments of Tony questioning, like with, with Bruce and Batman, you get Bruce saying, I'm going to ret- retreat behind this mask. And maybe I can give up being Bruce Wayne. Tony's always asking, can I give up being Iron Man? He does not want to really be Iron Man, right? He's always, like, there's several times, especially in the early years, he's trying to offload it onto somebody else. And a lot of times does. <laughs> he tries right. to offload, right. you know? It, it's, it's interesting because, like the Hulk, like you and I talk about the Hulk sometimes and how it's hard to do that as a movie because how do you do a movie where the t- titular character doesn't want to be there? And it was something same thing, similar with Iron Man because the entire time you're like, Tony's trying to, like you said, figure out how not to be Iron Man. 
But what I liked about this and about the Hulk, honestly, one day we'll do a Hulk. You should everyone go read a Marvel Hulk. Jesus Christ, just oh my God, Al Ewing's a psychopath. Um, is that here? He eventually accepts it. So that I think it's really important we're doing this episode first, and that the people who you know, obviously, people who are listening to this have some sort of colloquial knowledge of Iron Man. You guys are aware of the movies. But what you may not be aware of is why him saying at the end of the first movie, I am Iron Man, is such a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He ran from that shit for a year. He pretended he had a robot bodyguard. Yeah. yeah. Like, only very few inside loop Avengers knew it was actually Tony. Mm-hmm. To the point when Rhodes eventually shows up in the suit, they're, they're like, Tony, what the fuck? He's like, I'm not Tony. Like, it's not Tony in there. What do you mean it's not Tony? Cap and Wasp are like, Tony, cut the shit out. Right, right, right. Like, we'll get to this. But Roach actually becomes an Avenger, a West Coast Avenger, because they're like, they thought he he was Iron Man. It's like, oh, okay. Thought he was Tony. Yeah, I thought he was Tony. All right, cool. And he's like, they're buying the shit. Actually, it's working. Keep it going. Right, keep it I'm going. Gonna pour a drink. Right, right. <laughs> no, it, it well, it's got to be Tony now. <laughs> so, but but but, but, but you're, you're absolutely right. It, it's it's a big thing. Like I said, we're not even going to get to the issues where he finally comes out publicly for that, and that brings a whole other side of issue, right? So, um, yeah, it's just it's a it's a it's a really interesting thing, and and how this character developed and. I wasn't prepared because it's been a while. I haven't really read early Iron Man stuff. And so this is kind of my first time going through some of this stuff. And I was like, I was unaware of how, how personal some of the stories were. Like it's like some of the stuff is, is, is it gets to you. Like I just, um, and again, we'll get to this in, in a second in more detail. I just read the, um, what was it? The beginning of the end, which is those 17 through 23 in, in, in the, the volume one. Yeah. And I'm just like, first of all, I forgot. Yo, James Rose was not the first black man to take the armor. Sure. And he marched. You know, he, he, he wore the really armor. Yeah, it's like, there, there's a lot of stuff that happened. And I'm reading this going like, man, I totally understand why. First of all, I'm like, I totally understand why Tony starts hitting the drink later on because fuck, he's been through a lot. You know? Um, all right, so let's, let's dive into this so we can actually get into some of the, these storylines here. Um, so... Let's let's start with uh we'll get into the power abilities like it's just armor I guess we'll yeah, cover that in the beginning yeah I mean the powers I mean you know, so powers it's 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 the baseline power of inventive genius you know yeah for this part of the podcast he is not a metahuman yo he's not a, yeah right giant asterisks over that yeah because it's a revelation that. So we're going to cover this chronologically in the comic books. As Marvel so often does, they mind their own history to tell the next story. So some of the things that we say in this podcast are going to have our more recently and well-read nerds say that's not true. I implore you, hold the fuck on for part two. Yeah. Part, well, again, I'm going to refer to him yeah. as Howard and Maria Stark's son. Yes. A lot of people right now are like, why wouldn't you call him that? And some other nerds are being are, are like, how the fuck dare you? Yeah. I'm asking you to trust the process. Yeah, trust the process. We're going chronologically here. Things get weird. All right. Um, so there's that part, you know, the fact that he is, you know, and, and, and his genius is, is again, we kind of mentioned this when we talk about Reed and his genius is in electrical and mechanical engineering. You know, Tony is the guy, he's not the smartest. But he's the guy when somebody else in the Marvel Universe is building something, it's like, run that by Stark. Run it by him. You know? If you can imagine, he can build it. He's basically forged without the, all the layers of forge that make forge problematic. Right, right, right. 
Um, How about that? And, and then there's the armor. So again, we're going to get into these in, in greater detail. We're going to mention some of these. We're going to get in greater detail when we do the individual one because there's just some really cool things, and you see the evolution of Iron Man through these armors. Um, general power set for them, strength, flight, the weapons, the repulsor rays, the unit beams, their specialty suits. Um, I particularly enjoy the fact that, you know, everyone, everybody knows the Mark I suit, right? And yeah. I love that the second, this, this literally the second issue that they have him. So the first issue he's in is Tales of, uh, Tales of Suspense 39. I think it's, um, was it 40 is when they do the Mark II, which is the, go- no, or, yeah, the Golden Avenger. 48. 48. 48, I'm sorry, 48, where they do the Golden Avenger suit. Uh, and right. then after that is the, the, the red and gold one that everybody is. Okay, red and gold is 40, I apologize. Okay. Red and gold is 48, the gold is 40. Yeah, right. the the red and gold, the classic red and gold that we've seen. It was actually it was drawn by Kirby, uh, but it's actually Steve Ditko's design. Yeah, and I love, design. Yeah, and I, lo- I love that Steve, uh, Kirby was just like, yeah, it was, it was way more streamlined, easier to draw. And I'm like, you see them, you see them make this decision on on the fly. Like you you see them go from this. It, it's it's very very interesting seeing how they 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 got these designs. Also, I want to just do a quick shout out to the movies because. They didn't have to put the Mark One in the movie. They didn't. They really fucking didn't, Chris. They didn't. And it's so fulfilling that the first thing you see in the Marvel universe is him building the Mark One in that fucking cave. Yeah, and and and, and let's go a little bit into that too. It's like, you know, what happens is he's he's in Vietnam. He's he's uh, developing weapons for U.S. government. I think he's showing them off, and and he gets injured by a, a booby trap. He gets shrapnel. It, it's it's literally the story they tell you in the MCU. You know, gets oh, the Iron Man one is disturbingly strict to the uh, source material from yeah, the beginning. It, it really is. Uh, gets uh, shrapnel in his heart. He's helped by a Nobel Prize winning physicist, Ho uh, Jensen, who oh, helps him develop the the, the Mark One, uh, and he's uh, helps him and he escapes. Um, but again, remember he's telling people that it was his bodyguard and he developed the armor. And the bodyguard who's secret identity, he's not going to tell anybody. Um, <clears throat> and that's how he goes forward. Now, I will say this, and I, and I appreciate, I appreciate them sticking with this story for as long as they did, because we again we are not going to get to the point where Tony is admitting that he start he, he he's Iron Man in this podcast. So we're covering a lot of issues. Like I want to say it's this is starting in the sixties, sixty three. It's like. late 90s early 2000s when he finally admits that he's Iron Man and the reason why that's important is what Tony does is Tony carries around and again they did this in Iron Man too carries around a suitcase that contains the armor and people figure out like T-Bone why do you love Iron Man 2 like the goddamn suitcase suit it's a suitcase suit and at that point tell me anything like but even so and, and just so you guys know it those the the, the suitcase the, him carrying the suitcase with the armors in it does not work like Iron Man too. No, it's not like a, the the suitcase becomes the armor. No, it's literally a briefcase that nobody else can open but him that opens up and he literally puts on the armor piece by piece <laughs> like like he's putting on this like a regular suit. And I'm just like, how did we allow this to happen? I'm like, fuck it, we're doing it. And nobody like he literally he disappears. Like Clark Kent does when Superman appears. Oh wait, no, I was, I was, 
I was hiding under the table. That's, wait, Iron Man was here? Oh, well, that's why he's a good bodyguard. It's like, are you guys fucking serious right now? You guys really, you guys really doing this right now? That's how we're, how we're, how we're gonna, how we're gonna do this? How we're gonna do this? Um, Reminds me of a certain Mr. Parker. Right, right. You know, same thing. Um, which becomes an interesting thing, and, and we'll get into this, and we'll kind of go back to some of the other key characters. I was reading earlier in volume one. It's a, it's a, it actually is a really good story. I've seen people say it's a, one of the best Silver Age Iron Man stories. Um, seven, uh, issue 17. So uh, I can't remember when uh, he gets his own, uh, exactly when he gets his own series. He eventually gets the eventual Iron Man number one. Of that solo series, 17. Uh, 19, May, May 68, sorry. May 68. So it's not soon after, right? five years after. And this is after he's joined the Avengers already. Right. Um, but 17 to 23 is called the beginning and the end. And in that, the first, the first two issues, or first two or three issues of that, what you find is uh, early on, like, like a few issues before then, Tony, uh, Iron Man's greatest, greatest uh, uh, enemy, the Mandarin, finds out that Tony is Iron Man. And in order to, to convince him otherwise, Tony employs LMDs. And so what happens is one of these LMDs during attack, uh, be, you know, basically becomes sentient and is like, no, I want to be Tony Stark now. Like, and right. takes over as being Tony Stark and gets Tony, like, people think that Tony's really the imposter and things like that. Um, and it's just... It's I, a super modern story about machines. Yeah, it, it really is. And it, it, it's one of those things you're, just, you're reading, you're going, like, damn, that, that's kind of fucked up. Like, right, nobody knows that Tony's Iron Man, and we're going into this story about LMDs. It's just, I'm like, when did the story come out? Did we really hmm. do this in? And at least this whole thing about Tony trying to figure out, it, does, he, does he really want to be Iron Man? Does he really want to do this? And it's when Eddie March comes in, and he trained, Eddie March, who was a, as a boxer, who had a um uh, uh was um uh had a, was was clo- I, I can't remember was it brain aneurysm or something was happening where he's like if he takes to he, he was close to dying if he takes another another hit blow to the head and he agreed to be Iron Man for Tony um and was like hey listen I'm gonna die I'm gonna do it with a purpose and uh, he eventually gets beat up really bad I think by Crimson Dyn- Dyn- Dynamo so yeah. Tony Tony comes back takes the suit and, and pays for Eddie's Eddie's like treatment and things like that. But it's like, you're seeing Tony trying to struggle with his idea, his identity of trying to be, he, him wanting to be Tony Stark and not wanting to be Iron Man, you know? And you, you have all this stuff going on. So it's just, it's just a really, really, um, it's just a really, really modern story here uh, with this. So, um, all right, so let's, let's go all the way back and, and cover some of these, these key characters here. Um, the, again, characters you've known. Harold Happy Hogan. Especially now, especially in 2019. Right. Uh, Pepper Potts. Now, what you might not know is uh, Happy and Pepper are actually technically the couple. There's a little little love triangle thing there, but during these times... It's a love triangle till, till Happy dies. Yeah, until Happy dies. And, but they had kids, though. Did they? Yeah, right. All right. They adopted kids. There it is. All right. So, come on. Edwin Jarvis. Uh, Tales of Suspense 59, The Butler, basically the Alfred. Um, Yo, so, like, really, though, I'm glad they made Jarvis a, ro- a program in the movies. It made sense. Jarvis raised this man from a child when his parents died in the car accident. Until he's a grown-ass Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And 
for some reason, Jarvis being Jarvis bugs me more than Alfred being Alfred. I can't explain why. I I think I I, I don't know. I I don't think we. I may need a support system. I may need a pit crew. Well, I I think because Jarvis isn't really Jarvis makes more sense being the butler for the the Avengers. Which he eventually becomes. Which he eventually becomes. Then he does for Tony. It just, it just does. It, it, I don't know what it is. Um, and I, you know what it is? When it comes to Bruce and Batman, because Bruce doesn't matter, Alfred is basically mm. our window into Bruce. That's a good point. And with Tony being Tony, Jarvis is literally just the butler. You know? Like, Tony matters here. You get so so many stories start with Tony Stark doing this, Tony doing this, Tony doing this, and it's not like Tony running off to just so he can hide so Iron Man can come in. It's like, no, Tony is actually doing something, and oh, here's an enemy who's coming after Tony Stark. Not, not Iron Man, but coming after Tony Stark. You know, his friends and everything else around him, it's all about Tony, and I think that that's what makes it weird for Jarvis, right? That's what makes, and it's not to say that Jarvis doesn't have things that do with Tony. It's just that I just don't care because I care about Tony. With right. Bruce, like, Alfred is constantly there trying to remind you because he's trying to remind Bruce himself that Bruce matters. You know? Right. Bruce, right. Is, yeah. so, Bruce is so interested in becoming Batman, being Batman, and giving into that. Alfred is that lifeline back going like, hey, Master Bruce. Master Bruce. Master Bruce, like it goes back to when we one of those. I think it was the the, the Batman issue where um, the the Father's Day thing, where where, where it's Father's Day and, and Alfred has to go out and and, and save Bruce and, and and do this stuff, and you're just like, and it turns out it's Father's Day, and 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 Bruce decides to take care of Alfred that day. Like you're like, oh yeah, that matters. Like I can't see that with 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 Tony and Jarvis. I just can't. Right. I I just I don't I don't care. Um, so we'll get into them later on. Uh, but obviously, uh, James Rhodes, Rhodey, who also becomes uh, Iron Man at some point, we're gonna get to him later on. Iron Man 118 is a little bit ways away. Um, we have Bethany Cave, um, Black Widow, and Hawkeye. I believe they were both also introduced in Iron Man comics, right? It's true, yeah, they both as enemies, start off as villains, villains in the Iron Man comics, yes, villains in the Iron Man comics. Uh, some other enemies here. We got Spymaster, Whiplash, uh, Titanium Man, and Crimson Dynamo. Um, a theme of these villains that's tied into the movies is a lot of the, like I said, I, I always tell the great power of great responsibility is the large uniting factor in all the Marvel movies. But these characters were born out of P- Tony's technology getting out. Born out of that, and again, a lot of the, especially when you get to Titanium Man and Crimson Dynamo, you get communism. Exactly. And, the, and, and the, the, the communist War. answer to the capitalist iron. And in Cold War, you know, all that stuff is there. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get into them later on, but Justin Hammer and uh, Obadiah Stane, these are when you get into like your corporate villains who are, again, aim more at Tony excuse me, than Iron Man. And um, to devastating effects. <laughs> um, hmm. Very devastating. Uh, you have the Mandarin, who I know there's been a lot of talk about this <laughs> character and. The rate again, they drew Asian characters. 
really poorly. Yo, like, I, so we visited this on Between Two Palms talking about Doctor Strange, how kind of you and I talked about it before, how with the character uh, of the Asian one, they're kind of damned if they do, damned if they don't, because yes, they, they took away a spot for an Asian person, but also, like, you don't want an Asian person playing that character. Yeah. Same thing with the Mandarin. Ben King's like, motherfucker, no. What's well, it? We're not going to do. You might get mad we're not even Asian. Guy. You're really not going to get mad that we pointed out some fucking racist ass trope to be the Mandarin. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's weird. bad. Like the Mandarin's bad. And he's and he's bad. And I, I I think that they've tried to clean it up as as best as possible. But the origin of the character did a good job. But like it's bad. Yeah, I mean, he's. I also kind of say he's almost like evil Hal Jordan because of his origin. You know, comes across an alien so- ship. Gains so much. He literally he he gains I've not never made that connection. I'm 33 years old. He he I gains so much right He now. gains not a power ring. He gains 10 power rings, nigga. How do you not make the connection? I I started going. I, I was so like, mad at you right now, Chris. He is evil, Hal Jordan. <laughs> I just like now all I can see is the Mandarin on the cover of that Emerald Twilight issue with all the rings on his finger. It's just he's got 10 rings. I hate you so much. You ruined the Mandarin for me. <laughs> <laughs> More than the racial stereotype. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, honestly, they did a good job of cleaning him up in that recent series. Yeah. I don't know if you've read it. I, yet. I, I they did a really it. good job of trying to fix that. But yeah. Now, no. Not even like vintage and vintage Mandarin. Where I kind of went and like read it anyway. That's all turned into comic-y how Jordan jokes. Like, thank you for that. <laughs> um. He has uh, again the ten rings. He got ice blast, black, uh, uh black light. Uh, let's see the intensifier. It's uh, a power, by the way. Mental- That's like, are there stains in my hotel room? It's a black light. That's not a power. Disintegration beam. That's a power. Electro electro blast, vortex beam, flame blast, uh, impact beam. Uh, yeah, it's just like they basically just like just they, put on. They refined them as the stories got more evolved, mature. But at first, you're like, a lot of those are the same shit, my dude. Right? Like, you you <laughs> like, and black light beam isn't. What? Well, and we'll we'll get what one of those. Power too? Right. We'll we'll get one of the. Like I said, I, I kind of avoid. I don't want to get too much in some of the, the these, especially the early stories because they're they are very stereotypical. Um, I do want to talk when we when we get to it. Uh, the Dragon Seed uh saga again, mm. stereotypical, but at least they start trying. I think that's where you start seeing them try to play with the origin, you know, and right. and, and add. It's a, and also Invincible Iron Man Annual Number One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they, they, they lie a lot about the uh, about his actual origin. Exactly. So it's like they 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 started trying, and again, that's something we got to give. I give cre- comics credit for, and not just Marvel. Um, there's a lot of self correcting. You know, hey, listen, yeah, there has to be, and, and and there has to be. You know, and and here's the, again going back to, you know, and we're gonna be sprinkling. Normally, we do other versions at the end of the episodes, uh, but I think we just because of what Robert Downey Jr. has done with the character, we have to talk about this throughout the thing. I think it's a credit that the character's gotten so popular and then you really never really use his number one villain. The greatest villain yeah. of Iron Man was the Mandarin. And they were able to do three movies and make Tony Stark and Iron Man the centerpiece of the MCU and never really have his main villain there. Like, testament to what they did. Got I mean, that's incredible. They've done a good job of, of lampshade, of, of, of kind of hinting at him, because I know that the Ten Rings is a thing exactly. in both Iron Man 1 and 3. I think it's mentioned again. Oh, it's going to bug me. It's mentioned on one of the television shows. Yeah, and, they, and they, remember, they also did the, they did the, uh, um, the, the little one-shot. 
Yep. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, the Mandarin in jail. Right. So uh, they did all that. So um, yeah. So uh, again, kind of going going back into this. Uh, let's see, we kind of did the. They did some of the enemies, and we'll get into more of these as we go through. Like I said, we're going to focus mainly on. I can't remember when he started. When they started the Avengers, was yeah, Iron Man. Iron Man was the leader, wasn't he? Yeah, he become leader of the the, the Avengers. Right. Um. We're gonna kind of go to some of the some of the stuff we've kind of mentioned before. Issue fifty five is the first appearance of Thanos, which I knew this, and it just hit me after reading this again. I don't know why it just hit me how important it was then in Infinity War, where you have Thanos going basically knowing Stark's name and knowing who Stark is. And then it goes back to me, it's like, well, technically his first appearance is in an Iron Man comic, and that's the first time we meet him. That actually, I mean, in, in, in MCU speak, it makes sense, but even here, it feels like a throwback to the comics. You're like, well, his first appearance was with Iron Man and Tony Stark, so that's a good nod. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great nod. It's one of those things that I think, honestly, is a happy accident after the fact. I don't think they could have planned that. You no, know, no, absolutely not. Um, but I think honestly, when they started the universe with Iron Man, them putting Thanos because you and I talked about this, the first movies, the first special phase one, that's Iron Man series. Mm-hmm. Avengers is the end of that character arc where he sacrifices himself to try to save the world. The idea that that would be the moment when he connects with Thanos, Thanos learns his name, is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, man, this, these movies, yeah, so good. So again, we're, we're gonna we're gonna. Do you have anything else you want to jump to to be able to jump into the demon in a bottle? Well, that's why we're all here, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the story. Whenever you talk about Iron Man, I remember when, when people talked about the movie, everybody was like, we're going to do demon in the bottle. I remember there's, I think it was, was it two or whatever he was drinking? Or even on the plane. Time, they kind of flirt with it in two yeah. and one. Yeah, every time he drinks, people think about, you know, oh, we're going to do demon in a bottle, demon in a bottle. First of all, I do want to say this. Well, uh, demon in a bottle is... Ooh, breaks down Tony. I gotta say, um, what Denny O'Neill does with that shit is way more devastating. Just throwing it out there right now. <laughs> like Denny, o- Denny O'Neill really breaks Iron Man. But for those who don't know or really new to this stuff, Demon in a Bottle, that's a storyline where we get uh the realization that Tony Stark is an alcoholic. And again, this is a, this is I don't have the exact date on this, but this is probably around this is this is a week entering into it was issues one twenty through one twenty eight in nineteen seventy nine nineteen seventy nine so we're entering it not this is we're kind of the, we're right before I guess the Bronze Age is starting but this is that that right. that the age of like the hard traveling heroes and we'll bring this up again when we talk about the Denny O'Neill when Denny O'Neill starts writing for Iron Man but like we're getting to the start where we're starting to get these heroes and we again go back and listen to our. Our history of comics episode, we start talking about how this is where they really started kind of breaking down and getting characters having real life problems. I went back and read this this nine ten issues, and the subtle way in which they start breaking down Tony with the alcohol and him realizing and just breaking down Tony to period, it's actually done really well. Mm-hmm. It starts. The with ending's him, fucked up, but it starts off really well. Yeah, it, the ending's fucked up, but like. It starts off with him having, you know, he, you, you see him having drinks and you're just like, oh, okay. Like it opens up, the, the issue 20 opens up with him on the plane asking for another martini in the, and the steward is like, well, you know, you kind of had four, but you're okay. All right. And it, it is going on. There's another one where he's, um, he just had a drink and he, 
and something happens, so he puts a suit on, and he's kind of a little tipsy, but like he's like, oh man, maybe I shouldn't have the extra martini. Like, matter of fact, it's, it's just episode. Uh, 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 Namor ends up throwing a tank, <laughs> and it hits the plane that Tony's on after he had that martini. So to put the suit on, he's like, oh man, I'm a little tipsy, and maybe I shouldn't have done that, right? Um, over this this ten issues, what you you get is what you find out this is the first appearance of Justin Hammer is in one twenty. Justin Hammer is another uh, uh, weapons dealer, uh, a weapons manufacturer, and he wants professional to, rival, if you will. We have professional rival, and he wants to discredit uh, Stark International so that he can win. He he basically lost a contract to Stark, and so he's trying to discredit Stark by going after Stark's bodyguard. Again, he doesn't know that Tony Stark and 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 Iron Man are one and the same. But he's like, I'm gonna try to. They're they're they figure out a way to kind of get through uh, Tony's defenses to um, affect the uh, Iron Man suit. So it starts off with something simple, like we'll cut off his his boosters when he really needs it, or when he's fighting Namor, he's underwater, and he has his the plexiglass comes over his eyes and the mouth so he doesn't drown. We'll we'll send a signal so that all of a sudden that comes up. And as they go, they're going through all these things and. As they're going through it, like Tony's like struggling again. He's doing, he's drinking, but else he's not sleeping. Uh, it it kind of reminded me a little bit of um, what Bane was doing with uh, Nightfall. Nightfall. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of that. Where it's like there's all these things piling up. Like Tony's not sleeping. He has stuff to do for his business. He has stuff to do for being a hero. Shields buying a piece of Stark. Yeah, because um, they want his business rival. They figure out he figures out that a lot of his rivals are actually working for his for Justin Hammer. Yeah, he's going. He's and got with the armor getting like you said, take it over. Yeah, like the the real the big thing is on his mind is Shield trying to buy uh, a controlling interest in Stark, Stark International. He's like, whoa, like if I don't know, and he asked Nick Fury, and Fury's basically like, yeah, well, you know, you won't you won't make weapons for us or exclusive to us. So if we have control of your company, then we can do whatever the fuck we have. We have access to all your stuff. And he's like, he's really worried about that. So there's all these things happening to him. And it culmin- one of the things that culminates with is you find what Justin Hammer's endgame is. I can't remember what uh, nation it was, um, but the, um, the, uh, their ambassador or their PM or something like that won a photo op with Iron Man. And what, what Justin Hammer does is while they're having the photo op, he sends a signal and uh, Iron Man's rep- repulsor rays kill the guy. Kill him from the world. Again, discrediting uh, Iron Man, Black Mark on on Tony Stark, and allowing uh, 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 Justin Hammer to kind of move in and 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 earn this uh, um, earn this contract. And and what you have is uh, Tony then trying to go out and clear his name and Iron Man's name uh, without using his armor, and he does it with uh, one of his best friends. James Rhodey, because Rhodes shows up a few issues before this in like 18. Um, and, and, and Rhodes' background is basically uh, when Tony escaped uh, with the Iron Man one armor in, um, in, in Vietnam, one of the soldiers that he also escaped with and that he met up with was, was James Rhodes. And they've been friends ever since. James Rhodes on as a pilot and uh, become, like you said, his best friend. But the entire, all this is happening. Tony, it's almost a background that just Tony just keeps drinking. Yeah, you again the it 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 it, it hits the fan, but you don't you 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 barely notice it because you have this other big story going on. But like you said, it's always in the background. He's always drinking, and then he cracks. 
It cracks. Um, and it gets it gets dark. Like you have that big that I can't remember what issue it is. The issue that everybody again the issue everybody sees with Tony sitting in front of the mirror and part of the armor with the unshaven face and the and the bottle in front of him. It's one twenty eight. It's issue one twenty eight. One twenty eight. Um, and it kind of goes out with a whimper because he beats <laughs> he beats it at the end. Like uh, uh, Bethany Cabe comes in. Who again? The women that come in and out of Tony's life is ridiculous. Like you bring a woman in, it's it's worse than James Bond. Tony <laughs> Tony meets a woman, and next thing you know, they're in bed. It's like James T. Kirk and James Bond have nothing on Tony Stark. I'm sorry, it's not even fucking. Let close. the record show. It's not even fucking close. All right, it's like it's ridiculous. Um. Uh, he yells at he he yells at Jarvis and Jarvis quits. Um, all this stuff happens, but the end kind of comes and they're just like, "We're going to help you beat the beat it." And Tony beats it and stops drinking, and everything's happy, happy, go, happy and fun. Like Tony Stark beat alcoholism. So it's like I, they were going somewhere with it, right? And they kind of just, I guess they're like, "Well, he he can't he can't really be an alcoholic. He can't really, we can't keep this going, can we?" And it kind of it kind of just stops, right? They basically do this like, and it, it's almost like he beats it in a weekend, which is also kind of weird. It's like it was like this one of those. What it's like? It's like a montage of Tony and them helping him get over alcohol sickness and not being alcoholic, right? Um, and before all that, he finds out that Justin Hammer is behind all this stuff. He clears Iron Man's name. Uh, Justin Hammer escapes, um, but. Uh, when Jarvis quit, his I think his, like one of his family members was sick. He sold the last two, uh, his two shares of of uh, Stark Stark International. So that was another thing that kind of sent uh, Tony over the edge of so all this culminating into him, him him really coming out as as being an alcoholic. But like again, like I said, it ends kind of in a whimper. But hold that thought because we're definitely gonna come back to it. Yes, we the fuck are. Because you're right. It does kind of wrap up like, and then Tony beat alcoholism in the weekend. Do 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 do. Like it's very, it's one issue. Like the, the so the arc is referred to colloquially as the demon in the bottle storyline. The only issue that's called that is the 128. Yeah, it's just the one issue. And then in, in the span of one issue, not a super size issue, not a double issue, not an anniversary issue. He reconciles what he's what's happened. He decides to get better, and he fixes everything. And I would have a bigger problem with it if Denny O'Neill didn't exist. Uh, yeah. So before we get into Denny O'Neill, I just want to bring up, and we mentioned it before, we'll do it on the Doom, Doom Quest. Like, yeah, yeah. come on. Go, go, go listen to our Doom, Doom episode, but Tony Stark, Nigga, and, Tony Stark and, and Dr. Doom and, and, and Medieval Times. One of them willing to embrace magic, one of them being Anthony Edward Stark. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just gonna. If you don't, if you haven't listened to our Doom episode, I didn't invite you to just take some time go listen to that episode. It definitely is one of my favorite. We do a deep dive on Doom Quest and kind of explain why uh, Tony's a bit out of his element. A little bit out of his element, but it also it also brings up that thing of like, look, look, I love Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom is always going to be a Fantastic Four villain, but Doom and Iron Man and Doom Doom as a as a Iron Man villain. Is a very, very intriguing and very, very interesting. It's compelling as hell. It's compelling as hell. It's because it's, yeah. it's, it's, even by saying it, you're like, you're not on Reed's level, too. <laughs> right. 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 It's, 
it's 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 such a compelling story because and, and it then goes into like what Dan Slott did with uh, Infamous Iron Man, which we'll, we'll cover Infamous Iron Man a little because obviously when we, when we do the Doom episode, Infamous Iron Man never happened. So we'll revisit this and we'll revisit Doom Quest when we do the second part of this and we kind of touch on like other versions of Iron Man and we do Infamous Iron Man. But it's, it's such an intriguing thing because again, you're right. It's like Doom has armor, but Doom Doom embraces magic. Tony Stark doesn't believe mm-hmm. in magic, and so you have this technology versus faith and magic and, and stuff like that. And it's just, it's a very, very intriguing story. And, and this is a fun story. All right. Dr. Doom and Iron Man in medieval times with King Arthur and, and, and Morgan Le Fay. Come on guys. Come on, come on, come on guys. How are we going to, how are you going to turn all that right, shit let's, down? Let's stop dancing. Let's get so, to the real, the real nitty and the gritty. So again, if you, if you were like, Oh, we demon in a bottle, demon in a bottle, you need to go read the Denny O'Neill run of Iron Man, which I believe goes from, 160 to 200, so I think he wrote like four. It might go more than two. 40 issues. 40 issue run, all right? Now, if you're like, hey, I've heard that name, Denny O'Neill, before. Didn't he write Batman? Yes, he did. And he also wrote uh, called the Heart Traveling Heroes run. With Green I Green believe Green. that's what's referred to colloquially, yes. Yes. Um, if, you read the, if, you, if you've heard us talk about this Green Arrow, Green Lantern run, you know they did some, they, did some, they, they, they went there. I mean, this is, these, these are the run that I also believe is uh, also included speedy, uh, Literally injecting speed on a couple sure. of issues. So when you bring this man and 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 Denny O'Neill is also the guy I believe also kind of got uh, Batman back to a, a little bit of his, some of his darker roots here. So for those of you who don't know, Denny O'Neill is uh, I guess just kind of his uh, important comics. Like you said, a lot of Batman, a lot of Batman and Robin. Um, wrote some Flash in the seventies. This guy has been everywhere, man, and and. I'll introduce uh, John Stewart, the, the Green Lantern. Like it's, it's been a lot of places, a lot of places, and it's. I think that it's important. Like you said, we touched on some of it, but go read more about Daniel Neal. Um, like you said, the Speedy story. Um, the Neal quote it says, "I went from total obscurity to seeing my name in the New York Times and invited to talk shows." So no um, means an unmixed blessing. That messed my head up pretty thoroughly for a few years. He said that like his success caused him to destroy any relationship with anything that wasn't a typewriter. Hmm. And it's interesting because like you watch kind of where like he ends up um writing the 81 annual interviews of the Punisher. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no hope in uh he, he introduced, I think, what did he hmm, I may be wrong here. I thought he introduced Tim Drake. Only place in dying, but maybe wrong here. I remember my brain will be mixing things up. But the bottom line is, Daniel's a monster. Daniel will come into your character and wreck your character's shit, and he did that for Iron Man. I mean, because his whole thing was basically, if if you're going to, if if you have a superhero and you have a man like Tony Stark, who has all this pressure on him, and he was an alcoholic, and again, he's always around alcohol because he's always going to the function. That's one thing that he's like, don't want to drink. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, I'm not gonna drink. I'll just have a salsa water. It's like, yeah, but all that pressure he's under. You tell me he doesn't. He's not gonna fall off the wagon. And Daniel Neal's like, yeah, of course he did. Of course he's gonna do that. And just to give you the end of what this happens with the story, uh, it gets so bad. Tony becomes homeless. Basically, <laughs> Tony becomes a yeah. bum. Like he takes everything from Tony. Obadiah Stane takes it all. So we, we create this ruthless villain, Obadiah State. 
who who believes that Tony, I think Tony's father, either Tony or Tony's father, stole the designs for the, I think Tony stole the designs of the Iron Man suit from his father. Or something along that line. And it's, it's become very personal. Now, the other thing too you gotta understand, Obadiah Stane's father, uh, this is a hardcore family, died while playing Russian roulette. Alright? It's not a fucking family. To, 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 it's so over the top. It's so over the fucking top. Alright. Alright. Starts manipulating uh, 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 Tony, right? Gets him uh, thinking that he's beating alcoholism and can start having little drinks here and there. Um, and it's 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 he, he brings in the, the, the chessman and basically he's basically playing playing Tony like like chess. Put this move here, put this piece here, put this here to basically have it so that Stark International is going to fall right into his hand. Hmm. And it worked. And it worked. He wins. You know? It, it's, it's... This is where you get... Uh, right, Tony is so sauced up at one point. I can't remember who they were fighting, but Rhodey has to suit up. As Iron Man, mm-hmm. that's that's when you get, that's when you get Rhodey becoming Iron Man, because Tony can't. He literally passes out, drunk, yeah. and 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 Rhodey has to put the suit on. Um, but I saying takes over Stark Stark International. Yep. Tony loses all his fortune. Like, it's. He's he's literally bum. It's it. This is the logic. When you think of Demon in the Bottle, you talk about the name. This is what you're talking about. Yeah, this is what you think of. You don't think of actual Demon in the Bottle. The end of 128. He's got it beat. It's over. It's literally and there's little stuff in there, but it's literally beat. He, he beats alcoholism. Daniel O'Neill said it's not that fucking easy. And he what he does is he takes that that seed of alcoholism placed in the original storyline. He expands it and he says. This is the model for a Tony Stark villain. Someone who challenges him both physically, mentally, and emotionally. And that's what Sane did. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it, and, it, and the best part about the Tony Stark story is when he falls down, he takes other people with him. Like, Rhodey gets the suit. Yeah, he's Iron Man. The suit's not calibrated for Rhodey. He's driving fucking crazy. Yep. There's fallout. And this is it. Power responsibility, once again. Mm-hmm. Tony abdicated the, the, the mantle of Iron Man and it almost killed his best friend. He ended up putting the suit back on himself to bring Rhodes down. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, and of course, it ends the same way Iron Man 1 does with Stark and Stane facing off in a larger version of Stark's own original suit. But in this, mo- in this time, it's not a movie that ends with Pepper Potts hitting a button and a large blue hole being lit in the sky. No, it ends with Obadiah Stane blowing his own fucking brains out. Yeah, for for the yeah, Obadiah saying creates the suit, the Iron Monger suit, um, mm-hmm. and that that's the thing that got me. So, and this happens in issue two hundred, right? So, there's forty issues of this, right? So, I, I can't remember, I can't recall exactly how many issues Rhodey is 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 Iron Man in here, but it's a significant piece. Again, in between all this that happens is the West Coast Avengers, <laughs> you know, and Rhodey's in the that, that's Rhodey in that suit, 
during that time. All right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Stark is, again, you're doing this with a black man as Iron Man, which again, goes back to that Nick, uh, the Nick Spencer run of, 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 of cap with, with, with the, the funeral funeral of Rhodey. They're talking about how he was Iron Man. This is not yeah. black Iron Man. This wasn't people going, Oh look, that's war machine. War Machine armor is still like 80 issues away, all right? This is, <laughs> yeah, Rhodey is in the red, and, the red and gold. He is Iron Man. People address him as Iron Man. Because again, at this point, remember, nobody knows who the man in the suit is. It's, right. it's that, that bane, I know you don't like these movies, but it's the bane line, nobody cares about the man in the mask. Like, nobody cares about the man in the suit. Nobody cares who's under that, that armor. It's, you're in the armor, you're Iron Man. If, 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 if Rhodey's in the suit and then Tony gets in the suit, it's like, oh, wait, there's two of them now? And you can, Why are you mad, David? And, and, you, and, you, can, and you, can, you, can, you can explain it away going, oh, well, I guess t- Tony Stark has multiple bodyguards? You know, and, and this is also the thing that happens, too. If Tony does something in the Iron Man suit that's ir- ir- irreparable, and, and it's like, wait, you killed somebody, you did this, there's always the excuse of, Oh, I fired that bodyguard. This is a new bodyguard with a new suit. Ta da! You know? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you were breaking up. What'd you say? I say that, guy, that guy got fired. You saw him kill that guy, right? You know why I fired him. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, guy, that guy was crazy. That guy had to go. That guy right? was nuts. Whoa. Whoa. Ooh. Here's a new Iron Man here, guys. <laughs> no. um, Iron Man so, so going back to this fight between Ironmonger, uh, Stane, and, 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 and Tony, this is also, again, we haven't mentioned a lot of the different suits. But this comes in, you've heard of this suit, this will come into play later, Silver, Silver Centurion suit. It's the one where it's no longer the red and gold, it's the, was that the red and silver suit? Yes. Um, that's, uh, again, it's, again, this is, Stark basically creating a new suit that's that's more powerful because uh, he needed something that's going to take down uh, Stain. But again, even in this battle, Stain literally takes his repulsor to his head and kills himself in front of Tony versus letting himself technically live. Like it's brutal, guys. Like Denny O'Neill did not come to play with you, motherfucker, at all, for even a little bit. Yeah, I I highly recommend going through and reading this. And again, when you think of Demon in a Bottle, pick up the, 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 the run from 160 to 200 so you can see how this whole entire thing plays, plays out. Because, I mean, Stain puts Tony through. Puts him through it. 100%. Um, all right, so we're, we're moving on into the next thing here. Um, the next big thing, again, we have the West Coast Avengers. We have... Uh, 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 Rhodey, uh, we, we did that with with uh, before the, the two, issue two hundred. After two hundred, um, about fifteen issues in, we get two fifteen. Uh, you get Armor Wars number one. Uh, Armor Wars one. I'm not gonna say part one because it's not part one because Armor Wars two does not relate to this. Um, <laughs> at all. Um, so Tony becomes convinced because during this time. Um, and I, I believe this is during the Justin Hammer run during the first Demon in the Bottle. Uh, there was a character called Spymaster, and Spymaster did find out that Tony was Iron Man, but he didn't sell that secret. But he, what he did do was start selling Stark secrets between between that and and Stain. Tony's Tony's design started getting out in the public. 
Other people Real are public. Using, right. Um, uh, different government agents, villains, all the people were using some variations of Tony's design. And Tony was not happy about that. And so what you get is... That's, that's what you get is Stark Wars, which it was really called Stark Wars, but it originally became known as Armor Wars. Uh, Tony, along with his best friend, because Rhodey is ride or die, decide they're going to take on the fucking world and take down any armored villain or, or hero. Yeah. Um, whether they have a design or not, which leads to some, some shit. Um, and um, it becomes an armor wars. What you realize? How bad do you want your shit back? Huh? Yeah, I'll bet you. How bad do you want your shit back? Here's the thing, and I think this goes back to us also realizing that you know Tony Stark matters. At this point, Tony has. We've gotten to this point. We're at. I, I don't think two fifteen actually starts the actual armor wars, but it's kind of the storyline storyline leading up to it. Um, at this point, you have over 200 issues of a very traumatized man, smart man, a man who almost died in Vietnam, who uh, for the longest time had shrapnel that was going to his heart. Like, that gets taken care of early on, um, but he, he develops something that, 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 so that he basically gets an artificial heart. During that, there in that um, beginning of the end run, he eventually gets a, an artificial heart put in because he almost dies when he fights his LMD. Um, so this shrapnel thing is, 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 is not an issue anymore. Um, but he's had all this trauma going on. He's had, uh, uh, um, issues with alcoholism. He, he can't keep a relationship for the same as fucking life. This is a man who needs therapy. And so he gets what seems like a noble idea of how many of my designs and, this, and I think this is another thing that really kind of defines Tony Stark. Him taking responsibility for things that sometimes aren't his fault. How many of my designs are, going to get, are getting people killed? And it's like, but those designs were stolen. It's not your fault. You didn't make these suits. You didn't give them to these supervillains. But Tony takes it personally to the point of obsession, to the point of Tony kind of becomes a villain here. He becomes an asshole. I'm not willing to say villain. He does an asshole. I mean, who I can't remember, who was the uh You said what else? Some of this is not her. I mean, he takes out one of the heroes who had I can't remember the the one it is. Who is it? It is um uh god damn it. Hartman, the Mandroids? Not the Mandroids. Um Stingray. He takes out Stingray yep. and and then finds out it was like Oh, he's not even using my design. He technically, kind of, sort of, kills Titanium Man over in Soviet. It's not great. Over in the Soviet Union, like he was. Also, it's not great. Like he takes on the he takes out the Mandroids and and almost this becomes the seed of of his disagreement with Tony. Who again, Tony's another one. I'll be honest, Steve. Steve. Steve Rogers, another one of his close friends. He takes down Steve Rogers. To the point of he, the way he takes down Steve is, see, he knows there's a there's a one of the 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 um, the the mandroids are basically uh, uh um, uh, uh uh men in power suits, and one of the guys is is injured, and so Tony basically gives Steve a choice of you either save that man, or the man's gonna die, but you're gonna save him, 
And of course, Steve does. And so Tony then uses that. <sighs> Not calling him a villain here is kind of pushing it, guys. I'm just saying. I'll, I'll push that. I'm just saying. Tony is that. not the good guy. Okay, maybe we don't call him a villain. He's not the good. He's not good. I never said he was good. All right, all right. Um, and so the U.S. government decides to create an even bigger problem and creates this uh, commissions a a suit uh, and, and, and a quote unquote hero called Firepower, um, pow, uh, piloted by Jack Taggart, black man by the way, another black man. And uh, hey, black people got got some. Got some shine in Iron Man comp. And um, <laughs> Tony cannot take down firepower. And so in order to do this, in, in order to kind of, um, uh, and, and, and he's given a choice because he knows that uh, he's in a, hel- he's trying to escape in a helicopter with Marody. And he was like, if, if, if firepower is going to take down this helicopter and you'll be considered collateral damage, acceptable collateral dam- damage. So they've, they fake the death of Iron Man and I uh, put in blood packs in it and blowing it up and then creates a new suit and then goes, Oh yeah. That other guy, that other Iron Man, that guy was out of his mind. Taking all these. <laughs> <laughs> that guy was nuts. Cause, cause one, and the, and the one, only reason why this works is early on into iron in, in armor wars, Tony quote unquote fires Iron Man. And I'm like, but Tony, you you are Iron Man. Shh, 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 shh. Chris, Chris, don't ask all these questions. He's fired. That's all you need to. That's all you need to know. He's fired. In issue 248, Tony is severely injured by a former lover because, again, this is bound to happen. Uh, Law of averages. He was due. Yeah, yeah. Shot, spine kind of severed, losing control of his legs. Um, he has a chip installed. Um, to kind of allow him to walk again, but that chip is compromised by the Mars twins and Kirsten De- DeWitt. Uh, DeWitt is actually the guy who I believe who thought that his um, his designs were stolen. His father's designs were stolen by Tony. And um, again, this is this is an interesting thing because in, in, in this becomes um, it, it's leading up to uh, Armor Wars two. But it's because an interesting thing where what Justin Hammer did in, in Demon in the Bottle was trying to take control of the Iron Man suit. In this, again, going back to the Iron, Tony Stark matter almost more than Iron Man, they're actually trying to control Tony. Right. And they put this chip in... Tony's the weakness, not the suit. Right, right. Not only that, but Tony's the power. Tony, Tony mm-hmm. Stark, if you control Tony Stark and control his wealth and control his empire, you control everything. You control Iron Man, it's like, nigga, who cares? It's just a dude in a suit. The real power is Tony Stark. Um, and so that leaves in Armor, Armor Wars 2, which has absolutely nothing to do <laughs> with Not Armor Wars. damn thing. Armor Wars 1. I don't even know why it's called Armor Wars 2. Because really what they're trying to do is control Tony Stark. And actually, When I say control Stark, I mean, literally they have a giant like mechanism they spent billions of dollars on that looks like an outline of a, a human body. And they have different people in different sections of the body to control parts of Tony. And the only way for Tony to, get, to maintain control of his body is to be in one of his armors. Anytime he takes the armor off, like at one point, 
he takes like uh, Rhodey is helping him and he takes the the arm off and his arm goes all crazy because they're like, oh, we have control of the arm and he basically strikes and tries to choke choke Rhodey. So it's, it's a very interesting thing where Tony's literally trapped inside the suit that he's trying to create. Right. You know, uh, and so I don't consider that armor wars, um, but yeah. Um, in the background of the story is a story with the Mandarin that kind of leads in the Dragon Seed, the Dragon Seed saga. Uh, which is the Mandarin kind of uh, getting gaining control of Fang, uh, Fing Fang Foom and uh, finding out that uh, his ten adding more lore to the to their alien race that the Ten Rings belong to. Basically, they were a dragon alien race, and that these these individual these these this dragon race have lived among us this entire time, and um, their their captain is trying to gain those rings back and like there's a whole story here uh john byrne writes, writes the story in 270 um it's nice because they're they're mining their past to tell the next stories they don't say yeah. oh here's a dragon gun no we're like we never explain where these fucking rings came from and you really and you go back and you're like well they did say they were alien and they come over that and they kind of explain it in a way that the mandarin doesn't know his, doesn't even know why he has a ring doesn't know doesn't know enough of himself mm-hmm. and so they do a good job of kind of mining that there so um and Tony's also comes to China to try to, again, it's another one of those things where he falls in love with the woman he just met. Uh, he goes to China to... Um, he loves art, Chris. He does he. Um, he, he, <laughs> he. He goes to China to um, get some help on, you know, fixing this chip and, and, and removing the chip because he has, he has to wear this, this, this false skin to allow him to... It's his whole big thing. It's a whole Thing. It's a whole thing, yeah. It's just, it's, a, it's very very. Weird. Just understand that this all comes out of Armor War Two. Um, let's see, I'm trying to see what else we got here. We have the birth of the the War Machine armor. Oh, yep. which is that's how yes, it's the, excuse me, the Varial Threat Response Battle Suit. Yes. Um, Rhodey takes over the War Machine armor later on after Tony fakes his own death and puts himself in cryo because again, this whole thing with the chip and him being shot, he's trying to find a way. Uh, to handle and, and Tony does the thing he knows best is um, he thinks he's helping his friends by taking himself off the board. Um, Rhodey is not happy about that. But 292 is basically where he steps out of the shadows of Tony um, and, and becomes War Machine for the first, for full, full time uh, and takes a War Machine suit. Joins the, the West Coast Avengers as War Machine. And uh, at some point, we'll go into Rhodey's stuff. You know, in a separate episode later. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely do that. Um, let's see. Issue 300 uh, against Ultimo. D- D- uh, they use the modular armor. Again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm kind of skipping over some of this stuff because it's not a lot of stuff story wise here. Like, originally, the, the Iron Man started from light and fluffy, and that's kind of what people kind of snickered at. Iron Man's going to be your first Avenger in the movie. These stories didn't have like large. Co following to resonance, aside from really deeming the bottle and yeah. occasionally armor wars. Yeah, you wouldn't can't, can't hold this up and say, This is why comics are art. That would change after the next arc because. Are you ready to so, talk about the crossing? We're going to talk about the crossing, but real quick before I say, I will say also, I think uh, Armor War One is basically where people stop. But you're absolutely right. It's between that and you had cool moments, you had cool suits, but you got to remember, this is also around the time that the, the, the buzzing of getting an Iron Man movie is coming out. Marvel's going to do what with Iron Man? Seriously? At this point, like I said, we're skipping over a lot of this stuff because it's just like, you have, outside of the cool suits, 
that that are existing there. There's no real story that's interesting. You know, it's kind of like tapers off when Denny O'Neill leaves, or when you lose that first, uh, you leave that first Armor War. Like I feel like Armor War Two is called that, and it's not like it's a bad story, but I feel like it's, it, the name fucks it up because it's called Armor War Two, and you're expecting this. Like Armor War One is literally Tony going around fighting other people with armor. Like it's like it's very action packed, right? Armor War Two is it's like again, Tony's the the target, not really Iron Man, and so it's like it's it's a very weird thing, and you just get you 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 just get this tapering off, and then you get the crossing, and I turn the floor over to Deep Arm. I don't know how I became the uh, here's things you're gonna hate about this character person on the person on the podcast. We'll talk more about that later. The crossing. Is the single? No, because the next story is bad too. The crossing is one of. I call. I call this all the, the worst. This is all the same thing. As far as I'm concerned, this and the hero. All this is the same thing. So, it's a poop avalanche of bad storytelling, half thought out ideas, and things to make things very '90s kewl. So, the Avengers story arc called the crossing reveals. That Kang had been manipulating Tony Stark for years. He's been a sleeper agent for Kang. Writers, if you have a time-traveling villain, it's okay to use him as a surprise. It's not okay to use him to invalidate years of storytelling by saying, oh yeah, he's been in control for years. It was actually undone in the Avengers Forever Limited series, which is one of my favorite series of all time, but we'll talk about that another time. So now, Tony Stark works for Kang. Kills the nanny of Crystal and uh, Quicksilver, which when you're killing nannies, we know the event was put together very haphazardly. Um, killed a couple of Avengers as well, or Jimmy the female Yellow Jacket, Rita Demara, um, and another ally of the Avengers. And the team, in their ability to say, stop Tony Stark, this is what they decided to do. I swear to God, this is a true story. They go back in time to recruit an alternate teenage Tony Stark. To assist them. You know what? I feel like we did this when we something similar to this when we did Aquaman. What was it? Um, Arthur Curry Jr. No, yeah, uh, no, Ar- see, Arthur Joseph Curry is next. Arthur Joseph Curry. Yeah. Except somehow they made less sense than this. <laughs> and I was trying, like, I was trying to be nice about, it, but no, no, they gave us a reason why Tony Stark's here. They never explain off the Drifter's skirt. Valid point. Um, yeah, and young Stark showing himself to old Stark shocks old Stark enough to kill Kang. And so now you've got teenage Iron Man. Because during the fight, this teen Stark is injured and has to build a goddamn suit to stay alive. Which, okay. Excuse me, I apologize. Um, this was, this is the nadir of storytelling with Iron Man. This is it, the low point. We literally killed off the main Iron Man and brought you a teen Tony. It's messier than a deal with the devil to erase a marriage. <laughs> it just is. And it's um, more headache-inducing than Hawkeye's or, or Hawkman's origins, excuse me. But this is what happened. And you're saying to yourself, how did Marvel dig themselves out of this weird fucking hole anyway? The answer is they fucking didn't. 
They punted and killed every hero on the planet with Onslaught. Who's Onslaught? Well, one day, Deep Home's actually going to crank out a bunch of those X-Men mini-podcasts and explain to you who Onslaught is. Fun fact, I like Onslaught as a concept and a character. I think a lot of cool things could have been done with him. I thought the character design was nuts. I am a 90s kid, so yes, I love Nate Gray. Sorry. But yeah, this character sucked. The way they treated it sucked. The way it ended sucked. It ends with Onslaught evolving past a physical form. What, Reed? And saying that anyone could jump in there so that he could be absorbed into their flesh. What, again? Except a mutant, because then he would have the ability to live. Wait, what? Yeah, it's all weird. Scarlet was protected by her hex, mostly because they wanted her in the Avengers for Heroes Are Born. And the end of the story comes with uh, Nathaniel Richards, Nathan Richards, excuse me, holding a ball. Franklin Richards, I don't mind if I that. Franklin Richards holding a ball that allegedly has this entire universe in there. And in that universe, it's when they brought back the image creators to write Iron Man, to, to, to create these characters again. So when you see the posters or the pictures of giant boobed Captain America, that's Heroes Are Born. That's why we're not going to cover it. Because it's fucking stupid. The pocket universe. Fuck that universe. Here's the thing. I started, I started going through this stuff. Sometimes I, don't, sometimes I don't read in order, right? So my dumbass yeah. started reading Iron Man Volume 2. Yes, like, oh, okay, cool. I started reading Volume 3, and I, and I had read Volume 1, so I was like, oh, wait, let me go back and read um, Volume 2 because I'm missing something here. And I started reading this shit, and I was like, the fuck is going on here? Like, I, read the, I should have stayed missing. Stayed missing. I read the first issue, and it was like, why is Tony being an asshole to all these people? Why is Bruce Banner here? Do they not know Bruce is a Hulk? Like, what is going... Wait, are they about to do the Hulk origin story? What is... Ha- what am I reading? What the fuck is this? Are like, you reading Heroes Reborn? I was reading oh. Heroes I was, I, I, Because Heroes oh, Reborn is... Heroes Reborn, he, Heroes Reborn is Iron Man Volume 2. I just... I didn't know. I didn't... It didn't say Heroes Reborn on it, I don't think. Maybe it does. I just... It just didn't cross my mind. And I started reading it, and I... I, I as soon as I realized what I was doing, I was like, oh, no, no, fuck this. Stop. No. Those books should have an FDA warning on them. Like, yeah. They should be like, hey, before you open this, you know this is yours born, right? So, 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 we're not covering that shit. This is basically where we end this podcast because we, stop. we hate you guys. No, I no, we love you guys. fucking fuse. Yeah. If you want a podcast that goes and reviews the Hero Reborn books, go find another show. This will not... <laughs> We have. Uh, I've said a lot of on the show about things I will and won't do, and we've ended up recording most of them, including Grant Morrison. It was a horrible idea. I still have nightmares. I will never reread or review Heroes Are Born books. Like that's honestly, this is one of those ones where Chris would do like a comic book club or a uh, nostalgia review, and he won't even tell me it's happening. A man has to have a code. Oh, yours is very loose. Well, I think I think you know what you know what this this is one of those things that usually you're right. We're not doing this shit. I am not reading this shit. I started reading this was like, oh, absolutely not. So (laughs) we're ending here, guys, and we will come back. Uh, Basically, we pick up we pick up in the 2000s with with Iron Man Volume Three, and it's super interesting. I promise they do. They they really write the shit out of Iron Man once they realize that he's the only one they have left in the stable for a movie. Yeah, no. So, like, when we get into the 2000s, this is where you get the next evolution of, of Iron Man. This is where you get 
well, we the, the Iron Man we know today, like it, it's, it's an interesting thing. Like going back and reading some of this early stuff be, before we kind of went off the rails here, reading some of the early stuff, I love how the MCU mined some of the stuff, but used the 2000 sensibilities. Like, and, and the, it's the and thing the, you were talking about, how they take the MCU takes what's best. Yeah. From the property they're taking it from. Yeah. And so forward. Yeah. So so you get that Iron Man One takes a lot of the the that that origin panel for panel and some of that stuff there. But it uses the the this Tony Stark we start seeing in this in the in the late two thousands. The 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 it becomes um more about Tony becoming more aware of you know, industrialism and all these other things like here. And like, he becomes a, he uh, becomes a problem. Don't get me wrong. He's still an ass. You said what now? Tony becomes a secretary of defense. Yeah. And, and it's, it's okay, a whole last problem. It's, it's, it, it, yeah. Like Tony, Tony goes through a lot of changes, but they're, they're very super interesting and we're going to get into them in the next episode here. So. Wow, this is way longer than I thought it was going to be. Um, way longer than I thought it was going to be. Right, way longer. <laughs> they than always are. Right, they always are. We are. Um, but no, we, we, we love doing these. Hopefully in two weeks, we'll be back. Hopefully before, I'm, I'm, I'm aiming for before Endgame, we're going to get the second part of this out because uh, we want to have both of these episodes out before Endgame starts. Uh, Endgame comes out. Um, I might cry through the second episode. Like, I'm, I'm really nervous. You say what now? I might cry through the second episode because yeah. I'm really nervous. Yeah. It. What, what, Tony goes through a lot of shit in the second in the second run, and it's 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 all very super interesting, and and it's a great read. So, um, all right, folks, thank you guys very much for subscribing to the uh, the character corner. Um, tell your friends if you have somebody out there. Like I know uh, we had Karen from the Black Eye Tips told us that her coworker came in and was complaining about how Captain Marvel was a dude, and and they they messed it up, and she kind of dropped the hints about you need to go and read these guys here, uh, listen to these guys because they'll set you straight because you're all wrong. Not only did she tell them to listen to us, but she was able to actually just correct them off GP. So hearing those kind of stories, we love hearing because we're here to help. We're here to, we're here to help you correct those people out there that are just wrong as fuck. So, and we love doing it. So, um, folks, thank you guys very much for listening. It's a very late night for us. So we're both going to go pass out. Um, <laughs> and, uh, we'll be back soon. Uh, make sure you subscribe to character corner. Again, you can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher radio, anywhere you get your favorite podcast. And we'll be back soon. Till next time, we're out of here. Peace.